Well, good morning and welcome to First Presbyterian Church live stream. We are going to begin with a call to worship from Psalm 107. Uh, and if you received that in the worship packet that we emailed out earlier uh, yesterday, then please join with me in it, in the responsive reading from Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. His steadfast love endures forever. Those he gathered from the east and from the west, his steadfast love endures forever. Those who gathered from the north and from the south, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who are wise give heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord. His steadfast love endures forever. Come, let us worship our God. I invite you, if you have the hymnal at home or if you received the packet yesterday, to join with us in singing hymn number 435, We All Are One in Mission. If you're at home and would like to stand, I invite you to do that too. Say good morning and ask, how you doing? 
Uh, it's been a long time, and we miss seeing people here in our pews and worshiping together, but we're grateful for the many gifts that God has given to us, and so we continue to give thanks to God in the midst of this trial. And uh, if you have certain prayer requests or specific prayer requests, please feel free to use the connection card. We appreciate it when you use the connection card anyway, just to let us know you are here with us, but also to let us know if you have any specific prayer requests during this time. Uh, it could be financial, they could be health, they could be anything. Just feel free to reach out. Uh, a couple of other announcements. Last Sunday, as many of you know, was Xander's last Sunday, our director of youth ministry. And so we are currently receiving applications and having conversations with potential candidates. And uh, But our youth are still here. <laughs> and so I talked to Scott Overpeck, one of our parents this past week, and we're going to work together to continue to provide uh, ministry for our youth. And that will include one video uploaded a weekend. Um, and Scott has already done that for Saturday or last night. So it will be available on our Facebook page, uh, the underground Facebook page for our youth, as well as Instagram. I think it's already on Instagram. So encourage your young people uh, junior high and high school to go to that, see the video, watch the video. Uh, it will be a good time for them to connect. We'll also look for ways that you can assist with this. So we may, I may be calling you and asking if you could do a short video that we could format for our young people to watch. Let them get to know some of the other members of our church and continue to build that intergenerational church family that we long to do. Um, so, and then please continue to pray for our personnel committee as we are interviewing potential candidates for our director of youth ministry. We think that this is a very important position uh, in our church, so continue to pray. Last, uh, probably six months ago, we were discussing the next steps for our Hispanic ministry, and then COVID-19 hit. And we got, uh, everything came to a screeching halt, as I said in my email yesterday. So we were blessed to have Pastor Hazael Sanchez come and begin to provide sermons online for our church members who speak Spanish. And then a month later, they started to do Bible studies on Friday night. So I've invited Pastor Hazael to be here this morning. He's going to share a few words uh, with you, if you have family members or friends who speak Spanish, encourage them to listen at this time. Estamos contentos por la situación que estamos viviendo, porque como grupo hispano nos ha permitido ir más allá de lo que pensábamos que podríamos hacer. Cuando se inició lo de la pandemia, empezamos a pensar, ¿por qué no grabar sermones cortos para transmitir vía internet? Y de esta manera mantenernos unidos como congregación, como iglesia, como comunidad hispana. Después de cierto tiempo, dijimos, bueno, los miembros de la iglesia nos piden que continuemos con los estudios que han estado suspendidos por tanto tiempo y empezamos a transmitir vía Zoom los estudios bíblicos con una duración de aproximadamente una hora cada viernes. Pero la motivación del grupo hispano fue más adelante. Elaboraron una lista de los miembros de la comunidad de la iglesia grupo hispano con sus teléfonos y con la autorización del pastor Lanz me pidieron que yo como pastor temporal del grupo entre en contacto pastoral con todas estas personas para sentirnos unidos e inclusive darles asistencia pastoral en un momento dado. Así es que nos da mucho gusto que el Señor haya mandado esta situación porque sentimos que como grupo hispano 
la iglesia ha trabajado, ha crecido y sobre todo se ha involucrado personalmente en las labores de la iglesia. Así es que estamos por este medio y este día y por todas las oportunidades que se nos presenten, invitándoles a que se unan a nosotros, ya sea por Facebook, ya sea por YouTube, ya sea por Zoom o inclusive por teléfono, llámenos o llamen a sus amigos o parientes o miembros de la iglesia para ver cómo nos involucramos todos para seguir disfrutando de la presencia de Dios a través de los medios que ahora nos pone a disposición. Recuerden, YouTube, Facebook, Zoom o el teléfono. Pónganse en contacto con nosotros y compartan la alegría de seguir unidos a través de la tecnología. A Dios sea la gloria. Gracias, Pastor Hazel. So, it's the first Sunday of the month, and we do birthdays and anniversaries. So, and I forgot to mention that earlier. So, if you have a birthday or anniversary in September, anytime in September, let us know. I have the list here. I'm uh, looking, but I have the list already. So, if anybody has something else to add, please do so in the comments thread. But we have quite a few birthdays in September, quite a few. Uh, so first of all, jo Jovan Salgado was on September 3rd. Marsha Griffin, our former director of children's ministry, is today. It's her birthday today. Uh, Deborah Rush on November, uh, sorry, September 11th. Allison Becker, September 13th, and her twin sister, oddly enough. September 13th as well, Laura Rutherford. Uh, Gary Duchaney is uh, September 13th as well, and Abigail Hernandez is September 13th as well. Four birthdays on that day. Carrie Wager, uh, September 15th. Lynn Watts is someone who watches online, uh, and she has been doing that in the last couple of months, so I added her on. November, or September, gosh, I wanna keep saying November, why is that? September 16th, uh, Mia Madrid, September 17th, Karen Briscorn, September 17th, Bob Becker, September 21st, Jacob Muro on September 23rd, Jessica Briscorn on September 23rd, Janine Duncan on September 28th, and Norma Galeana, September 29th. I also know that... The Overpex just celebrated their 15th anniversary on the 3rd of September, so congratulations to them. And are you ready to play? All right, we're going to sing happy birthday to y'all. Yeah. 
creeds. In the church, we like to say creeds. We like to speak creeds. We know the Apostles' Creed, and we know the Nicene Creed. And we use both of them in worship as a way of expressing that which we believe. Uh, the reason for that is because creed comes from the Latin word credo, which means I believe. Credo means I believe in the Latin. And what's interesting about that, I did a little etymology on the word credo, and it comes from kerde. Kerde means heart. And so kerde uh, literally means to put one's heart. Think about that. When you think about what is it I believe, and what does it mean to believe, it means to put your heart right with this truth, with this uh, credence, if you will. That's where we get the word credence. So in the Apostles' Creed, it's a little shorter. We like that uh, because it's a little shorter. And it begins with, I believe. And we talk about basically the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and everything else in a little short sentence at the bottom. But there's a really quite lengthy part for who is Jesus, the Son. By the time the Council of Nicaea took place in the 300s AD, uh, there were some heresies going along, some misbeliefs. And so the council came to the conclusion that they needed to clarify. Uh, like good Presbyterians, we like to clarify things, and usually that means committee meetings and new statements and those sorts of things. So they came up with the Nicene Creed, which is probably about twice as long, but it brings in more clarity and clears out some of the heresies that were going on. And in our uh, version, it begins with we believe. It changes that. Uh, and there's especially more detail in regard to the everything else part. <laughs> we believe in uh, God the Father. We believe in God the Son. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. And then there's a lot more to talk about that they hadn't really talked about in the Apostles' Creed. For example, when the Apostles' Creed talks about the church, the Apostles' Creed simply says, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. But the Nicene Creed doubles that and says, we believe in one Holy Catholic Apostolic Church. Some people call these the four marks of the church. One, Holy Catholic apostolic. Uh, I like to call them the four pillars of the church. These are the pillars on which this, the church stands. And so I've decided for four Sundays in September, we're going to be talking about the four pillars of the church. What do these mean and what do they mean to us, especially in the context of the sermon series we did during the summer of beyond these walls. What does it mean to be the one holy Catholic apostolic church beyond our church property? And so we'll be looking at that. And so today we begin with the discussion of what does it mean that the church is one? The more I thought about this in preparation for this Sunday, the more I thought, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> How do you define one uh, in regard to the church? I mean, think about all the different denominations and all the different beliefs and, and even the divisions within our local congregation. How is the church one? It, it baffles me. It, it, it really confused me. So, what does that mean? I believe, or we believe, in one church. Well, remember in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed that we might be one. Let me read some of the verses from John chapter 17, beginning of verse 9. Jesus prays and says this, I am asking on their behalf, those who have followed me, 
I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, speaking to the Father, because they are yours. All of mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. So Jesus prayed that the disciples would be one. And I asked the question, one what? I just, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, what exactly is Jesus talking about? What is he praying for, for us? One what? It reminds me of Peter Steinke's comment. Peter Steinke is a church consultant, but he talked about couples who come to his office for premarital counseling. And he always jokingly says, you know, the Bible says, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. It just doesn't say which one. <laughs> so there's some confusion as to which one or what one we are to become. Um, and so the more I've thought about it, the more I've looked into this and dug into it. And I actually went back to the original Greek, hen, one, the word one. And it's just a numerical number, um, not a surprise. But in the Greek as is similar with many languages, some words are masculine, some words are feminine, and some words are neuter. And one can be any of these things, depending on what it is uh, describing. So generally, if it's describing a man, it would say one and use the masculine version of it. If it's describing a woman, it would use the feminine version of it. But here, Jesus uses the neuter version, which means it's one thing. It's not one person. Now, those of you that are really into studying the Trinity and things like that, that makes a very interesting point because earlier in John chapter 10, Jesus has, had said, I and the Father are one. And he didn't use the masculine, he didn't use the feminine, he used the neuter. So he was, a neuter basically talks about a thing, not a male or a female, but a thing. So again, we come back to that question, one what? <laughs> I and the Father are one. Now the Trinitarian people who would like to study this Recognize that the religious leaders of Jesus' day knew that he was saying that he was one with God. He was one and the same as God because they, they started picking up stones ready to stone him to death for blasphemy because he was saying that he was the same as God. So they were quite upset. Uh, but Jesus goes on and John chapter 17, verses 20 through 25. I'm going to read that now. I ask you not only on behalf of these, the ones who were gathered with Jesus at that time, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all be one. So who are the people that came to faith through the words of the disciples? Every single Christian since Jesus' death and resurrection. So he's talking about us. He's saying he, he's praying that we, we would be one. So that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one. As we are one. I in them, you in me, and they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that 
those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. So Jesus prays that we are to be one, as he and the Father are one. Wait, what? <laughs> how does that work? Because that's the Trinity. So how does it work that we are one, completely one, as he says? How can we be one? What does that even look like? When I look at the church today, we are not one. We are divided. And, and even Paul, at his, in his time, said, though we are many, we are one. So in the midst of diversity, we find oneness. So what is that oneness? The more I've studied, the more I've come to realize that that oneness is in nature, one in essence, one in power, one in purpose. Other suggestions might be one in perfection and in knowledge. Those are the oneness between Jesus, the Son, and, G and God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that uh, combine that oneness. But there are other things that unify us as believers. And if you don't know Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, I encourage you to memorize these verses. They're so powerful talking about the unity of the church in ways that uh, few other verses talk about them. Paul writes this, there is one body and one spirit. Remember, during the summer, we were talking about different metaphors for the church, and one of the most prominent metaphors for the church is the body. We are like a body, like a human body, and we have fingers and toes and ears and eyes and mouth and nose, let's get those mixed up, and each of those have different functions and different talents and different gifts, and they all, but they all are connected to the body. They are one body. And Paul says, the ear cannot say to the eye, I don't need you. And the eye cannot say to the mouth, I don't need you. We all need each other to be one body. We have different functions, but one body. We'll talk more about that when we get to the Catholic portion. One spirit, that is one of the foundational aspects of who we are as united as one because the spirit binds us together that's the song we just sang bind us together the holy spirit is like the life blood that courses through the veins of the church and goes to every single part of the body paul goes on just as you were called to one hope of your calling we all have the same hope our hope is in Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, ascended into heaven. And so we are crucified with him and recognize that one day we will be ascended into heaven with him for all of eternity. Thanks be to God. That is our hope. And whether you're here in the United States or you're in Africa or you're in South America, wherever you are, we share that hope. That is part of our oneness. Paul goes on to say, we have one Lord, one Lord, one master. We all seek to follow the same Lord. The same one who is in charge of me is the one who is in charge of you. And so we seek to follow Jesus Christ, our Lord. One faith, we trust and believe in God. We don't have separate faiths. When other people come in with new ideas, that becomes a heresy. One baptism. We believe that that baptism is a sacrament, a sacred moment that brings us into the family of God, washes our sins away, that uh, symbolically cleanses us and clothes us in righteousness. We believe in one God and Father of all. One God and Father of all. There's not more than one God. That's what Jesus said, right? 
He quoted the Shema from the Old Testament from Deuteronomy and said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. There's that word again. The Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God. So we believe in one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. So what else makes us one in Jesus Christ? I love this passage from 2 Chronicles. Let's get back to the Old Testament really quickly. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, beginning of verse 11. Hear the word of God. Now when the priests came out of the holy place for all the priests who were present and had sanctified themselves without regard to their divisions, <laughs> without regard to their divisions, they sanctified themselves. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, their sons and kindreds, arrayed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. Boy, that was a big sound that day. It was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise of the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. That is such a powerful image to me. Hundreds of people praising and worshiping God, and the Spirit of God descends on those people. So where do we find our oneness? We find our oneness in worship. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, we are connected to each other in worship. It's terrible that worship has become so divided in our country. And that's why here at First Presbyterian Church, we seek to worship with all kinds of styles, because it allows us to see the full spectrum of God's image created here on earth, and to experience the full spectrum of worship. And we see ways of finding our oneness and unity in that. So I come back to that idea of the body. When Paul writes in Ephesians, there is one body. He uses the term body in Romans, in 1 Corinthians, in Ephesians, and Colossians. Four different letters. As such, we are the dwelling place of God through the Holy Spirit. That means that the church has become the dwelling place of the Spirit of God here on earth. That's what makes us one. The presence of God. We believe in the one church. We believe in the one church. We believe in the one church. So how does that affect our day-to-day -day lives? As I look at the world around us right now, it's a mess. We are anything but one right now. The church in and of itself is anything but one right now. Part of the enemy's plan is to divide the church because the oneness displays the image of God on earth. And so the enemy is going to do all he can to destroy that image here on earth. And one way to do that is to divide us. So here's the thing. When a part of our body is hurting, it affects the whole body. Let me say that again. When a part of our body is hurting, it affects our whole body. If you don't think that's true, just think about the times you've had a hangnail on your toe or something like that, an uh, ingrown toenail or something, and it affects the whole body. Right? Something so small as that. And sometimes we just ignore things 
And when we ignore things, especially within our own bodies, it can have terrible effect on us. It can be fatal. There was a young man who had grown up in this church several years ago. He, uh, he had a stomachache. He said, oh, that's not a big deal. It got a little worse. Ah, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll be fine. I'll get over it. By the time he finally went to the hospital, his appendix had ruptured so badly, and it, and it had poured toxins into the rest of his body, and he didn't last but a few weeks. He ignored a pain, and it cost him his life. And I want to say this to our church, and to the church beyond our church, the Church of Jesus Christ. When there is a part of our body that is in pain, we ignore it to our own doom. We need to be aware. We need to seek ways to bring healing. You know, I forget the guy's name, but yesterday um, during the college uh, football, there was one commentator, and before they started showing football games, they interviewed seven African-American football players. And each of those players described times that they had experienced difficulties because of their race. And at the end of their descriptions, you know, they said things like, I purposefully wear my Texas jersey when I go out into town because I hope that I will not be treated, I hope I won't be treated quite so badly if people say, oh, you're on the Texas football team. Things like that. And at the end of those interviews, uh, this commentator, a Caucasian man, um, I forget his name, shoot, but he said, he started talking, he goes, we, we have to listen. We have to listen to what these people are saying. We have to hear. And he, he actually got teary-eyed. I would encourage you to go to YouTube and look it up and watch, watch the video. He started to break down. And that's what I'm saying here. When a part of the body is hurting, we need to listen to that part of the body. If we don't, can have a fatal effect on the church. John Perkins said it so well. We need to heal each other's wounds. We need to heal each other's wounds. And so let's look for ways that we can reach out and heal each other's wounds beyond the walls of the church. Today we're going to celebrate communion. Communion is a sacrament. I call that a sacred moment. That's my simple definition of what a sacrament is. It's meant to be a sacred moment. And we call it communion because communion literally means with union. This table is meant to unify us. Just as there is one body, there is one bread. Just as we have one cup, Jesus Christ's blood was shed for all. We are meant to be unified by the Holy Spirit through this, no matter where we celebrate communion. Whether you're at your home, whether you're here in Southern California, whether you're in Kansas, whether you're in South Africa, we are unified by the Holy Spirit through this sacrament. So today I invite you, let's take time to embrace our oneness. Let us embrace that which unifies us. Let us seek ways to heal each other's wounds. And let us confess, we believe in the one church. In response to this and in preparation for our celebration of the Lord's Supper. We're going to sing uh, the old hymn, 
It's actually an African-American hymn. Uh, Let us break bread together, hymn number 513. fullness of time, 
you sent your son Jesus Christ to the world to live as a human being, to teach your teachings, to bring people to yourself, and ultimately to die on the cross for our sins. We're so grateful for that, Lord. We're so grateful for your love for us, a love that goes beyond our human comprehension. And so we give you thanks and praise. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would descend upon these elements. It feels funny when we're doing it in our living room, uh, watching a screen on the TV. And yet I pray by the power of Jesus Christ's name, that you would empower this to be for us the very body and blood of Christ. Lord, be with us. Be in us. Be through us. We pray this in your precious name. I turn it over to Pastor Javier. Nuestro Señor Jesús, la noche que fue entregado, tomó pan, lo bendijo, lo partió y lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, tomen y coman, esto es mi cuerpo partido con ustedes. De la misma manera, después que hubo cenado, tomó la copa, dio gracias y la dio a sus discípulos diciendo, Esta es la copa de la sangre del nuevo pacto derramada por muchos para el perdón de los pecados. Beban de ella todos. De manera que siempre que coman este pan o beban esta copa, la muerte del Señor estamos recordando. So at this time, we invite you to partake of the elements of communion. We also encourage you to uh, enjoy this time of offering to our God as uh, Kyle leads us in an offertory. If you would like to give to the church, we thank you for that. And uh, you can do that online uh, through the online giving link. Uh, Kyle, lead us.
Oremos, Padre Santo, gracias te damos, porque en este banquete espiritual tú estás con nosotros, porque tú has dicho que donde hay dos o tres congregados en tu nombre, tú estás en medio de ellos. Y ahora que recordamos que el sacrificio que tú hiciste para limpiar nuestros pecados, queremos darte las gracias. Y también darte las gracias porque nos permites contribuir a tu obra a través de nuestras ofrendas. Gracias, Señor, porque todo viene de tu mano y de lo recibido de tu mano es que nosotros te damos. Porque hasta nuestro pan nuestro de cada día viene de ti, Señor. Gracias por esa bendición tan grande de ser tus hijos, de ser ciudadanos del reino de los cielos y de ser embajadores del reino de los cielos entre nuestros hermanos. Bendito sea el Señor. Amén. Amén. Thank you, Pastor Hazael. And uh, we're now going to sing Salvation Belongs to Our God. I couldn't find a lot of songs that talk about our unity, and yet the second verse of this I just love. And we the redeemed shall uh, we the redeemed shall be strong in purpose and in unity, declaring aloud praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Be with you all.